0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard edition of D1T in 5 for Monday, February March 6. Let's jump into today's top stories. Mount St. Mary's A.D. Lynn Robinson will retire this August, concluding her 15-year tenure leading the Mountaineers. President Timothy Trainer stating, The entire Mount community is grateful to Lynn Phelan Robinson for her 15 years as director of Mount Athletics, and 42 years of tremendous service to the university her commitment to the success of student athletes both on the playing fields and in the classroom has touched countless lives. Following an impressive coaching career, she entered sports administration to help lead the university's move to Division I in the Northeast Conference and is retiring, after a successful transition to the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. The WCC makes it official, naming Big East Executive Associate Commissioner for Men's Basketball Stu Jackson as its next commissioner, effective April 24. Gonzaga President and WCC Presidents Council Chair Thane McCullough commenting, Stu Jackson possesses the vision and values that will continue to elevate the West Coast Conference and we are thrilled to welcome him as the WCC's new commissioner. His wealth of leadership experience and drive stood out with the search committee among a deep pool of candidates. Stu is the perfect commissioner to lead the WCC during an important time in the national collegiate landscape. A group of former Iowa football student-athletes, who had filed a racial discrimination lawsuit against the university, have agreed to a $4.175 million settlement with the university. The Iowa Department of Management State Appeal Board approved the settlement by a 2-1 to vote, and the agreement calls for UI to pay $2.175 million with the state picking up the remaining $2 million. State auditor Rob Sand, one of the 3 appeal board members, indicated he would oppose using taxpayer funds for the settlement unless Hawkeyes AD Gary Barda was ousted, saying, "Under Gary Barda's leadership at the University of Iowa Athletics Department, we've had the Peter Gray scandal plus 3 instances of discrimination totaling nearly $7 million in damages." After the largest settlement A $6.6 million payout from discrimination lawsuit involving former field hockey head coach Tracy Grisbaum and retaliation, against her partner, Jane Meyer, Barda asserted no wrong was done. Now we have a new matter for $4 million more, and for the first time they want part paid from the taxpayers' general fund, even though they now collect tens of millions annually through the Big Ten TV deal. Enough is enough. More from Iowa City can be found in your D1 ticker email. ESPN's Pete Thamel cites a Pac-12 source as saying a streaming-only media deal is a non-starter, while noting a streaming platform sublicensing to traditional television is a potential path, as Apple and Amazon have been linked to the league as streaming suitors. Meanwhile, Thamel notes realignment questions linger as there has been at least minimal contact between the Big 12 and the four-corner schools Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado. That contact has emerged to varying degrees and via various methods, depending on the school. Even with a deal, questions linger. If the PAC-12 can figure out a short-term tourniquet contract, will both Oregon and Washington agree to a traditional grant of rights that comes with it? There's a temporary error around the league, with a short deal seemingly building a bridge for schools to retest their market value in three or four years. Furthermore, Big East Commissioner Mike Tranguiz adds his perspective, there's something I've learned about membership, don't trust anyone. Everyone is going to do what they think is in their best interest. That's the world college athletics has been living in for a long time. Stanford AD Bernard Muir explains the thinking behind his refusal to endorse a collective, telling the San Francisco Chronicle's Marissa Injami, we know they're out there, and we're gonna let the market dictate as they form and see where that goes from there. But we're not endorsing any collective if we're behind one of them we've got to make sure to endorse equity across the board we've just stayed out of that fray and so that's why you don't see stanford formally endorsing a collective muir goes on to call it disconcerting to learn of so many collectives dedicated only to football or men's basketball i know other schools that touted that they're doing collective across all sports but i'm just not hearing of the deal flow like you're hearing in those two sports Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Monday, March 6. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.